0: You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. According to research conducted by the Gottman Institute, 67% of couples studied experienced a sharp decline in relationship satisfaction in the first three years of their baby's life. In other words, having children can have a big impact on your love life. Keeping in mind you've got a lot on your plate with a young baby or small child, what can you do to keep your relationship strong after children arrive? Elizabeth Shaw is the CEO of Relationships Australia New South Wales and is a practicing psychologist. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? What are the main ways a baby can impact your relationship?
1: Well, I think there's so much focus on a baby being a very positive entrant into your relationship. It isn't it great and aren't you thrilled that there's very little room to say I'm not enjoying it. Or it's tougher than I thought, or it's been a rude shock, and so I don't think people have permission to do that. And I think for men in particular, when there's just such a stereotype that they'll feel left out, that they'll um, you know not be able to manage themselves, that um, you know the woman's doing all the work. I think for men to even say, "I'm finding this very tough," it's it's a very difficult conversation. So I think the more the couple together can talk about that without you're not enjoying it, that means you're a fool. I think rather than you're not enjoying it, of course, there's lots about it that's actually no great pleasure, if you're honest. Those conversations, I think, need to be had. And even that can be very bonding. And to talk about the fact that even if it is wonderful and you're thrilled for yourselves as a couple, that The reality is it's a massive shift from just having all your time together. It's also a shift to potentially have one person at home for a period of time and on an adult level maybe bored and with no news of the day where you're used to having really robust conversations. Um, So there's lots of dynamics that shift, lots of accommodations that need to be made because you often hear, well, isn't it fantastic and how are you managing the baby? Then it's almost like you put those conversations on hold or they become the impermissible subjects. It's, when you were saying that, something that um, just leapt up in my mind
0: was finance changes. Yes. So mm. um, I have heard of people who've stayed at home and their partner's gone back to work and they may have, the one staying at home, They may be used to having their own income and then Mm. all of a sudden they're Mm. having to ask for money. Mm.
1: That can be quite hard too, can't it? Look, that's very hard and to have less money altogether. Yes, I think that's a problem. I think if men stay home, which is happening a little bit more, they also can be far more lonely than women at home because it's still uncommon. So I think being bereft of resources, whether it's routine, whether it's money, access to friends, all of those things are a problem. And other resources such as babysitting, there are many couples who are they don't have many resources to help them so that they then start to go out in tandem. So there can be arguments about who who got more time away, who's who's at home more and that means that if they have any kind of date time, they give ground to each other to have a date with a friend and not with each other. So I think those sorts of who's got access to resources, who's got access to time, who's, who's actually got freedom and who doesn't, all of those questions become a battleground if you're not careful.
0: Are there any things that parents can do before a baby arrives to kind of cushion that impact on their relationship? Yeah.
1: Look, it's very difficult because you almost don't know what you don't know. But and and it's amazing how many people share their war stories. Um, they either tell you it's glamorous and grandiose, or they. Um or they say, oh, well, you'll never sleep again, you know, and and in fact, trying to find some people who can really talk to you sensibly about, about some of the pitfalls um, without it being a doom thing, but just look, here's a heads up. I think as a couple, if you also do some brainstorming, you know, what if we have one of those babies that never sleeps? How are we going to manage money? Rather than, oh yeah, we won't have much money anyway. I think actually stopping and brainstorming around that as much as choosing baby names. There's some things about that that are really important. And how are we going to preserve some couple time? Do we expect to even want that? And and couples can do without that for the first year because they're busy staring at the baby if they're lucky and, <laughs> yes. and enjoying the marvel of what they've created. But somewhere you need to turn away and turn to each other.
0: And are there practical things we can do once the baby comes? Um, You just mentioned um, it it sort of depends on resources. Are there ways around staying connected if, for example, you don't have someone who can stay and watch the baby while you go out Mm. or maybe you don't even want to go out because you're too nervous about leaving the baby? Are there things that you can do to make sure that you don't get into that place where Mm. you're in a battle situation?
1: Yeah. Well, I think doing things that are free, um, obviously you might – go for a walk together with the baby in a pram which is, is free, but at least the baby's in a pram and entertained maybe for a minute. And you can be chatting, having a date night on the couch, sort of framing, let's meet in the lounge in half an hour and, and making sure that you try and check in with each other, not just about sharing stories about the baby. Uh, I think all of those things are important. Trying to remember to give each other notice and attention. So it's not just how did the baby go today, but and how were you? And what was your day like? I think it's just trying to remember the adult at the other end of the conversation which is really important and tracking things like um, look I know we haven't been out for six months or we haven't had sex for six months how are we going with that a lot of people actually just are a bit afraid to mention it um, because they think either right it'll mean it's back on the agenda we've got to do something or I'm worried about it as a subject and so uh, so many couples actually just don't discuss things that a light check-in could probably achieve them not being such troublesome subjects.
0: It can feel like there's a lot going on, especially when you're sleep-deprived. What's the minimum we should do when we're feeling stretched like that?
1: look it's it's one of those things that it's it's hard to quantify because some people will get by with comparatively less and then if you compare notes with friends and you feel more what could be framed as needy then uh, is that an infantile response or you're just different ultimately it can't be measured by what anyone else is doing it's about as a couple um, what sort of relationship do we have what's our history and our routine so if you've actually had a lot of time where you've been together and you've been affectionate and you've been close and you had a good sex life, then to not have those things has meaning for another couple who always were quite independent and in fact the physical aspect of their relationship was not the strongest part will carry that a lot more lightly. So you've always got to look at context and um, whether the change in relationship is just a morphing that's working for you both or whether, it, whether your relationship's taking a bigger hit as a result of that change. Um, and, and realistically, if it is running on, what is the good reason for that? And um, how might you address it?
0: I think I, I don't remember who it was that said to me that um, it would be a bad idea to get divorced while your children are still under four or five, I think Mm. it was. Mm. At the time, it made such sense to me because there's so much going on that Mm. you're trying to Mm. deal with. What's your take on that kind of idea that it is going to be tough when the babies are small and they're toddlers and they're demanding so much attention?
1: Yeah. Look, I think... I think it's true that there is so much going on and there is a lot of deprivation and there is a lot of sharing of resources and giving ground and putting yourself to one side that happens that it's really a very wobbly time to make any great assessment that said it can be a higher risk time around domestic violence that's a good reason to leave if there's no other way to address it so if it if it's escalated a negative dynamic then you could have genuinely collected more evidence that says this is is not safe. And now some people do talk themselves into arrangements when they're on their own. Sometimes when they see it through their children's eyes, they say, this is not something I can remain part of. So I think there are some special circumstances. But again, I think it comes back to whether you've done some realistic problem-solving around it. I have worked with couples where someone says... I realise family life's not for me. I just can't do it. And certainly if you have a child with a disability, the chances of separation are higher. So there are some real risk factors. It can also depend on when you've had children. Some people have had a baby, uh, not consciously necessarily, when their relationship was struggling. And so therefore, even though there was a baby you look before and after and you see that a baby wasn't going to solve that problem. So there can be some factors that mean that even if it looks very early at that life stage, there's a context which puts it into perspective and means that early on in a child's life is the time to separate.
0: Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. That's Elizabeth Shaw. She's the CEO of Relationships Australia, New South Wales. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast